John likes tech and lives in Indiana, you know. Kevin likes the Dodgers and talks on the radio. John plays games on Xbox and on his Nintendo. While Kevin runs around LA with his mustachio, it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. In your ear holes at last. They don't know they're Mars and Venus, that's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. Do you have any Irish blood, John? Uh, yeah, like 8%. Oh, okay. I think. I thought yeah, I've done the ancestry DNA. I think I'm like 8% Irish and 23% Scottish. I've got some Celtic blood there. Yeah, you're culturally appropriate for this episode then is what you're saying. Uh, barely. <laughs> barely culturally appropriate for this episode. That's what we strive for. I, uh, that's John. We're, we're trying not to appropriate. <laughs> I'm Kevin. Yeah, we're trying not to appropriate as much as possible. We are doing a St. Patrick's Day episode because this episode uh, drops on St. Patrick's Day, which is yep. kind of funny in the podcast world. And I think we're still learning the rhythm a little bit, but like probably most people who listen to us aren't going to listen to this till like a couple days after St. Patrick's Day. But, you mm-hmm. know, that's the downside of a, of a holiday actually falling on a day that we drop an episode. So um, what's our what's been our sort of MO on holidays? How have we been doing this, John? Uh, you do fun stuff. I do history stuff that makes us think and then question whether or not we should actually celebrate that holiday. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I, you know, it's it's true, and it's. I don't mean to laugh at it, but it's like, it's not always fun looking into the history no. of holidays, right? It's it's sort no, of it's like. Not. I don't think that's our actual goal is to be like, no. let's look at the history and, and stop celebrating. But, you know, when we were kids, when we were in high school or whatever, you hear, oh, St. Patrick's Day, everyone wears green and drinks a bunch. And mm-hmm. and it's like, wait a minute, but literally nobody knows. And then the internet was born and everyone's like, wait a minute, is this why we're doing this? Is this why we're right. doing this? So like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here to judge you if you're going out on St. Patrick's Day to drink green beer and wear a bunch of green. I'm going to wear green. I'm wearing my green Dodger hat right now, my olive green that barely counts. But, you know, I'm, I'm also an old man. I'm not the type to <laughs> go out and be, and dress as a leprechaun and drink green beer on right. St. Patrick's Day anymore, you know, I'm trying not to be too bah humbuggy about it. But yeah. I mean, if I happen to be wherever, you know, Flogging Molly happens to be playing on St. Patrick's Day, yeah. I might go to the concert, but normally it might, if there was a good pub around here, I might go there, but yeah. there isn't, so. And, you know, you shouldn't drink and drive, so I'm not going to go driving a half hour away just to go to a good bar. Yes, yes. I did not include this question because I couldn't find, there were so many different answers on this, but a lot of people mm-hmm. think St. Patrick's Day is the biggest drinking holiday, but no, it's not. It's like fourth or something. It's the fourth biggest behind, I think New Year's Eve is up there, Christmas Day is up there, Fourth July is up there. And then some of the lists had Mardi Gras on there, which is crazy to me because I don't think of Mardi right. Gras as a drinking holiday at all. Like, for, for, like I don't celebrate, I've never gone out on Mardi Gras. And, anyways, I echo what John said. If you are drinking on yeah. St. Patrick's Day or any day, designate a driver. Be safe. Call a Lyft or Uber. Tidy up before we go, go. Any further with the show, show. Tidy up before we go, go. Fix our mistakes tonight. I want to get it right. Uh, so the first thing I want to tidy up, uh, yeah. I, I, I get the feeling this doesn't affect too many people, but I do want to call it out because it did affect one of our public facing social medias. W- <laughs> what's that, Ranger Gouda? <laughs> I got, I got, 
we use this great program that we like. It's like an online studio where John and I log in and when we bring guests on, we send them a link to it and they can hop on and join us and it's a great way to record their audio, mm -hmm. uh, isolate their audio. It's without getting too much into the technicality, we love this system. It's also what we use to live stream. So I, for my, as I've talked about many a time before, I'm working on this children's project, Gouda Wuda. I'm Ranger Gouda. I'm a forest ranger on, on the mythical mustache island. And I had a friend of mine on who's doing some voices for me. I sent him a link to the same studio that we use. He came on. Little did I know that once I pushed the record button, I was sending out our lack of genius live stream to our socials. And so if on a random Wednesday, I think it was, you saw that Lack of Genius was streaming and you popped on and you couldn't figure out who that other guy was that I was talking to, that was my friend Milton. He's helping me do some voices. So I was live streaming as, um, well, I get, you know what? I'll say the spoiler. I was Ranger Gouda. He's playing a, a my, my good friend, my character's good friend. He's a squash whose name is Squashua. And his friends call him Squash for short. And that's the voice that he was doing. So I apologize. And you're welcome at the same time if you happen to hop in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appropriately done. Yes. Uh, you're yeah, welcome. John sends me a text and he's like, uh, hey, Ranger Goody, you know you're live streaming on Lack of Genius YouTube right now. <laughs> Okay, so so error on Kevin. Uh, the other tidy up I, I heard from listener Erica, who happens to be my sister. She texts me during the golf episode, I, literally as she was listening, and she was like, her exact text said, but she was talking about our friend Eddie. Eddie just posted a video from those gold tower things John was talking about. I'm like, gold tower things? What is she? I realized she typoed gold. She meant golf tower things. And even that, I was like, what is... She was talking about Top Golf, which John mentioned in the golf episode. They're the things that are like four stories high, five stories high, whatever, and you just drive golf balls out. And last week, if you listened, I was not sure that those existed in Southern California. I was like, they, I'm sure they do, but I'm, I've never seen one. Turns out, as I just Googled, Southern California just opened its first ever Top Golf like yesterday, like this week. And my friend, in fact, was probably at like, because he gets into cool events, he was probably at like a, you know, a special like check it out before anyone else showing of it. So we just opened our first one in Ontario, California. I'm very excited that a new one is opening in El Segundo, which is much closer to me. That's in the South Bay and, and I'm on the West Side, if you know L.A., so you better believe I'm going to be sitting on the fourth <laughs> floor in an air-conditioned golf cubby driving some golf balls like Happy Gilmore. It's time to take a quiz or two. Like a genius podcast doing this for you. You may fail, but it ain't no lie, baby. It's quiz time. Don't really want this quiz to be tough. I just want to pass one because I failed enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. Oh, yes. John's about to school us on some history <laughs> for St. Patrick's Day, and I'm doing only fun stuff because yep. my my brain is not very good. John's going to ask the first question about St. Patrick's Day. A very happy St. Patty's to you and yours, mm -hmm. by the way. So uh, what century was St. Patrick alive? Oh, you always ask a century question, John. You know I hate them. <laughs> you know I hate these questions. Okay, so you're saying St. Patrick was a real person? He was a real person. Yes, we talked about saints before because I was kind of confused mm -hmm. about what they were, and that was what we learned a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, okay, so what century was St. Patrick alive? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. The second, the fifth, 
the 13th or the 17th. Wow, and they're not even consecutive centuries. They're all over the place. All right, so the second yep. century was the year 100 to 199. I can say that. I'm yep. looking at, did you hear how confidently I said that right now? Because I the trick is you just subtract one. You just subtract one. Is it? Yes, yes, it is. Don't don't ask me with a question mark. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a wide range. I mean, especially if you we got the second century, fifth century, thirteenth, mm-hmm. and seventeenth. Second to seventeenth, that's a pretty broad range. Uh, I'm I'm going to pretend like I have some kind of knowledge on this, but I don't. For some reason, the fifth century is jumping to my mind. Like I've seen this before, but really, it's just it's just going to be my random guess. I, I'm going to go with the fifth century, John. You are. Oh, yeah, look at me with my non-lack of genius. Yeah, so according to something called the Declaration, and I I don't know exactly what that is, to be honest, Mm -hmm. um, but it was supposedly something that was written by St. Patrick. He was alive in the 5th century. Uh, He was born in Roman Britain to a wealthy Romano-British family. His father was a deacon, and his grandfather was a priest in the Christian church. And then evidently at the age of 16, he was kidnapped by Irish raiders and taken as a slave to Gaelic Ireland. So this was before, you know, Christianity was there. He evidently spent six years there. And then according to the declaration, God told Patrick to flee to the coast where there would be a ship waiting to take him home. And then once he was there, he then decided to go back and convert Ireland. Okay. So in the 400s. Fifth century. That that goes very far back, young St. Patrick. Not so young St. Patrick. You ready for my first one about fun? I am. All right. So we all know finding a four-leaf clover is considered lucky and is a symbol of St. Patrick's Day. What are the odds of actually finding a four-leaf clover? Is it one in 100, one in 1,000, one in 10,000, or one in 100,000? I know it's... Not super common, but it's also not super rare. I think it's the one in a thousand. Is that what you're going to go with? Yeah. One in 1,000 says, John, that is incorrect. You were off by, uh, well, it's the next one, one in 10,000. <laughs> and you are right. It's not the most rare thing in the world, even though it's so funny. I've always wanted to find a four-leaf clover, never have found one. And I think I have, but I don't remember. Well, interestingly enough, they say that the kind of the harder you look for it, the less likely you are to find it. <laughs> they literally say because of the way our brains work at, at picking up patterns, The best way Mm -hmm. to do it is to go through a field of clovers and just kind of like stroll around and move your shoe around a little bit and see if anything, once something jumps out to you is like, oh, that's abnormal, then you look. So the clover, by the way, it's it's the white clover, trifolium repens. Trifolium has the T-R-I in it because of the the tri, because they're supposed to have Mm -hmm. three leaves on them. And these are... um, I always associate this clover with like a soccer field, but like when the grass starts to grow and these little white flowers start to grow that you see everywhere, that is mm-hmm. that is the clover plant. That is a traditional clover plant. Uh, uh, two more quick facts on these is that there can be five leaf clovers, six leaves, even seven leaf clovers. Um, though they're they're very rare. And uh, the last the last thing that I enjoyed learning a lot on this is that. Technically, all of these clovers are one-leaf clovers because the little leaves that come out of them are actually leaflets. So that mm-hmm. so it has three leaflets, but they're all collectively one leaf. So technically, everyone finds a one-leaf clover. So you can tell your friends that <laughs> fact when you're drinking your green beer on St. Patty's Day. All right. <laughs> 
And evidently, I didn't put this as a question, but evidently one of the things that people do is they'll put a clover in their beer and then drink it. I have heard this before as well. I've heard this before, which I guess if you're just doing one clover, no big deal, but uh, multiple clovers might be not so good. You ready for the next one? Yeah, number two on St. Patrick's Day history. March 17th is celebrated as the blank of St. Patrick. Birth or death? Wow. Oh, man, you're giving me a 50-50 shot here. By the way, Mm -hmm. you have two true or false questions coming up. Lucky you. Um, (laughs) March 17th is celebrated as the, is it the birth or the death of St. Patrick? I'm I'm leaning towards death. Death is death is calling my name. Death is knocking at my door. I'm gonna pick death. I don't know for sure, but I'm that's my logical guess. Death. All right. Yeah. Um. I guess they decided to just use his the day that he uh, supposedly died, March 17th. Something that's interesting is that since you know it is a feast within the the church, both Catholic and Anglican. I forget which one it is, but one of them will actually move the day. If it happens to be part of Holy Week. Oh, interesting. That's random. Because it, it's almost always during Lent. Like it actually Lent gets lifted for that day. And that's why, you know, drinking is such a big thing on that day. Is that part of what the tradition of drinking for St. Patrick's Day is? Is that part of it? Yeah, that's kind of, that, yeah. That's it? Wow. I never put that together because Lent is over and now we can do all our bad habits again. Well, but it's only over for a day. Oh, oh, it's just like a, a, a reprise in, is that the right word? Right. It's like a, a little break in, in the A in reprieve, the fast, I think. A, okay, reprieve. Yeah, a reprieve. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, all right, cool. Well, man, I'm two for two. Look at me go. You're one. You're yeah. 0 for 1 so far, but let's see how you do I on am. number two about St. Patrick's Day fun. True or false, most green beer is made by adding green dye. So I guess that depends on your definition of dye. Because if you're, you know, say you're adding an ingredient that would also make it green, is that adding dye? Um, no, I get, no, my question is, uh, is dye specifically. Like food coloring? Yeah. Most most green beer is made by adding green dye or green food coloring. I'm going to say true. Okay. You're choosing. Probably be entirely wrong. (laughs) True is it is wrong. Most green beer is actually made by adding blue dye. That's what the hint was because beer has a yellow color. You add blue right. to it and it and it makes a perfect and that sort of blew my mind. No pun intended, yeah. blew my mind. I think I think my brain just completely skipped over the fact that it said green. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> I was like John's either going to see it right away or it's going to slip past him. It's I mean, it, yeah. it was there was no middle ground. And it's funny because I don't think I've ever heard that, but it totally makes sense once you hear it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, duh. I add blue instead of mm-hmm. uh blue and yellow makes green. We learned that in kindergarten apparently and uh yeah or or even uh pre-kindergarten yeah you learn that at a very young age so you can still add green dye green dye will still work but blue tends to work even better so there's your fun tip for the day if you're looking to make some blue beer this weekend i mean some green beer this weekend (laughs) i don't good luck if you want to make blue i don't know what to tell you there (laughs) it's called you add blueberries exactly oh that sounds i love blueberries that sounds bomb Okay, all right. Uh, 0 for 2 and 2 for 2. I'm 2 for 2. Wow. Did yeah. not see this coming. Why is the shamrock significant? Oh. It's reminiscent of the hat St. Patrick wore. <laughs> they remind people of Ireland. It was used to teach the pagans about the Trinity. Or it was used to make whiskey. Oh, my goodness. It's <laughs> used to make whiskey. Okay, so I think I can say this now, because now that we're past the beer question, I want to say that 
I read something about people would add a bunch of clovers to their beer to make it green, and that just sounded totally unhealthy. Like one clover is fine, but if you're going to add a bunch, that's uh, that's you're playing with fire there. I don't think that'd be too bad for you. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it is an organic material. I guess it's not the worst yeah. thing in the world. Um, I mean, it would be just like spinach or yeah. I guess as long like as that. as long as you wash it before you pick it out of the ground. I yeah. guess that's. I guess I'm envisioning just picking them out of the ground and throwing them in your cup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay, I'm pretty sure this one. I I the Trinity is something that I'm familiar with and that I know that the three leaves somehow represent. So I'm going to say C used to teach the pagans about the Trinity. The pagans, the pagans. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is something that it's the the tradition holds. You know, they they think that St. Patrick probably may have used three leafs or the three leaflets, as Kevin stated leaflets, earlier. Leaflets, yes. Uh, um, you know, he would use that as a means of talking about the Holy Trinity. Three was uh, something that was already very big in the Irish and pagan worlds before the Trinity. You know, some people think that's why it was fairly easy for St. Patrick to get people converted to Christianity was three was already seen as a thing. Um, so. All right, cool. Well, we're, we are, we are learning. Let's see how you do on number three about St. Patrick's Day fun. This is, this is geographically close to you. It is. Uh, so as we know, we, the, the Chicago River gets dyed green every year. A group of which Chicago Workers Union is responsible for dyeing the Chicago River green each year? Which union? Is it the Bricklayers Union, the Painters and Decorators Union, the Asbestos Workers Union, or the Plumbers Union? I mean, I'm almost positive I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. And... I don't remember. So you have some familiarity with the fact that it's a, oh, yeah. that it's a union. You just can't remember yeah. which one. Uh huh. Um, just the mere fact that it was a union blew my mind. I just assumed it was like the city council or something like that. No, it, it, it's Chicago. If, there, if there's something happening, there's a union. It's union. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with the plumbers union. Locking in the plumbers union. Mario and Luigi mm -hmm. doing their thing. Yep. That is. Correct, John. Woo! Yeah, the Plumbers Union, Local 130. Uh, every year, it's their tradition. Um, so they use their dye. They use three boats. They have two boats that are going around and, and pouring the quote-unquote secret sauce into mm -hmm. the river, and then one that's going in and mixing it up and spreading it out. It's pretty cool, especially watching like a time-lapse of that happening. Right. But the dye is, they don't, they don't tell the secret formula, but the dye is basically this, they used it to detect leaks in pipes. So like they would mm -hmm. dye the water, I guess I don't know exactly how, but you would dye the water and then once you see the green water, you know that's where the leak is coming from, something along right. those lines. So it's, mm -hmm. um, but the funny thing about it is that this kind of goes back to what the beer question that you asked, apparently the it's a powder and the powder is not green. It's actually like a reddish orange color. But for some reason, when it reacts with the water, it turns it that bright emerald green color. So, right. and uh, first time they did that was in 1961. The, the, so it's always for the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Chicago, mm -hmm. which started in 1956, but five years into it. Um, there's some story about how like, uh, somebody saw a plumber in his like coveralls and they were white coveralls, but they were covered in this green and somebody <laughs> asked like, what is that all about? And then, and then the rest is history. And now we get a green river every year. Yeah. I mean, and they, they do that in Indy as well. I don't know if it's the plumbers union that does it, but there's a canal that goes through Indy and they, they dye it green every year. No way. As well. That's cool. I want, yeah. I wonder what union does it for them. <laughs> and, and, and here's an interesting fact about the Chicago river. Yeah. They've actually changed the direction that it flows. 
What? Tell me more. Yeah. So, you know, it used to flow into Lake Michigan, you know, and a lot of people got their water from Lake Michigan back in the day. Uh huh. And so, you know, you had this river going in and then human waste and pollution and all that was just kind of sticking around the port in Chicago. And so to make life healthier, they forced the river to go the opposite direction. John, knowledge. <laughs> You just dropped some serious knowledge on us. I didn't even, how do you even change the direction of a river? Like, how do you even do that? Engineering. You just blow really hard? Engineering, yeah. <laughs> Is that civ civil, civic engineering? C yeah, I, yeah, I think the Army Corps of Engineering was a part of this, but. So it, it instead of running into Lake Michigan now, it runs out of Lake Michigan. They changed the direction. Right. That is wild. Wow. Yeah, so they, they really changed the direction it flowed, mainly with using canals and stuff, it looks like. If you go to the Wikipedia page for the Chicago River, there's actually a couple maps on the right side that kind of show how it was done. Wow. But it looks like it was done in um, late 1800s, early 1900s. So, so the next time so. you're feeling like you can't accomplish a goal, I want you to go to the Chicago River Wikipedia page and be like, they made a river go in a complete different direction. And I'm worried about passing a math test. Like, I, you know, I, you, you got this <laughs> in you. You believe in yourself. Anything is possible. Yeah. And it was evidently in 1999 named a civil engineering monument of the millennium by the American Society of Civil Engineers. As it should have. That is the, the, basically the most significant civil engineering thing to happen in the 1900s. And it happened at the very yeah. beginning of the 1900s. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's in, the Chicago River. In terms of our quiz, you just got your first one right on the fun one. So you're one mm -hmm. for three. I'm three for three, which is madness. Let's see if I can uh, open the door for you or keep the street going on number four about history. What is it that St. Patrick is said to have done? Drive out the snakes, get rid of the rats, invented whiskey, or invented beer? I'll tell you right now, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. And I did not, this is not something I learned from school. So I'm not giving any credit to education right now. I learned this from the television show, The Simpsons. And I can't even, <laughs> I, I can't even remember what happens in the episode. I think they did a parody of it. Maybe snakes took over Springfield or something. I don't remember, but I know that the Simpsons taught me that St. Patrick drove out the snakes from Ireland. So I'm going to choose drive out the snakes, quote unquote. All right. Now tell me why snakes are in quotes, though. That's what's interesting to me here. That is an allegory for pagans. Oh, my God. Pagans mm -hmm. meaning non-religious people, basically. Uh, Non-Christian Non-Christian people. people. So they could be, yeah, any, they could have any religion or beliefs that they want, but if they weren't Christian. Well, remember, paganism is a religion. Yes. So this was specifically focused on a specific group of people. Specific. So what, I mean, I'm sure there wasn't a Muslim or Jewish population or whatever. Maybe there was, but right. they specifically drove out the pagans. And so wait a minute. So the myth. And by, and by drove out, either converted or killed. Or killed. No way. And that's what we celebrate every year, technically. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I. Yeah. So wait a minute. There were no snakes. Like, I don't mean that disparaging. Not really. Like. Now, is there a chance, and it's okay if you don't know this, is there a chance that like there was a snake infestation that happened to overlap at the time? There wasn't. And, and then history no. just rewrote it that way? You could say it was history, but it was the church. F think about what the snake represents in the Bible, right? Yeah, the Garden of Eden, temptation, right. the apple. The yeah. devil. Uh-huh, the devil. So they were driving out the devil. That's what St. Patrick did. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 
That is insane to me. So yeah, so he mm-hmm. this is literally, I mean, genocide, right? I mean, is that is that is that too strong I mean, of a term? Uh, yeah, I I don't know if it's too strong of a term. Um, but I mean you could definitely I think consider it that. I don't know how many people died. Not the I don't want to devalue that term. Yeah, I get what I you're guess. saying. Yep. Or or devalue the lives that were lost as a result of this right. just because they weren't as big as another right. you know, tra- travesty. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And and so my, my friend, she actually, you know, brought up the fact that St. Patrick's Day is kind of a sore day for him, just like Columbus Day is for Native, Native Americans. Americans. Wow. Um, and, you know, and I, I was starting to think about that before she told me that. And I'm like, you know, is this something that I should be celebrating now? Yeah. You know, it. What did she say? Yeah, it's, it's, she, I mean, we kind of stopped the conversation there because I just said I was going to bring that up on the podcast, but is St. Patrick's Day really celebrating St. Patrick anymore? Or is it more celebrating Irish heritage? Because yes, paganism got driven out, the snakes were driven out or whatnot, but Mm -hmm. there was still a lot that kept all those cult, that culture and heritage alive. Sure. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, and especially after the troubles ended in Ireland, the Irish heritage is starting to be more allowed. Yeah. To the flourish and everything. Well, I don't know. It, it's a difficult decision, you know. What, you know, should you celebrate St. Patrick's Day or should it just be Irish Heritage Day? That that's know? exactly the thought that comes to mind is that it's almost like Thanksgiving how I would say that the majority of people who celebrate Thanksgiving are by no means trying to celebrate the genocide of a people, but we have to acknowledge that that's part of the history of it. But yeah. I listened to a podcast that 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 our listener Dylan sent us about, you know, Native Americans who gather every year with the intent of using it as intentional time to be together with family, like even mm-hmm. a Native American family. And this is just one example, obviously, but St. Patrick's Day is a little bit tricky because it's not this holiday that people gather for, for family and for love. But yes, does it honor Irish people and Irish culture and Irish heritage? Sure. Yeah, it does. And that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean most people who who are Irish and celebrate St. Patrick's Day are likely not fans of genocide, you know, or, what, right. or whatever term we want to use. So yeah, yeah, that's very, I think this is a great lesson well, in and, knowing your history, yeah. but, you know, not being disrespectful. And well, I mean, and I don't know if this is your last question or not, but, you know, St. Patrick's Day was a bigger thing outside of Ireland for oh, yeah. a very long time than it was actually in Ireland. Is that right? No, I don't um, I didn't have anything yeah. on that. Yeah, the the Irish diaspora outside of Ireland is really what caused St. Paddy's Day to get to where it is now. And and I guess that's I don't know that I'm in a place to make obviously I'm not here to make a decision for other people, but for myself, you know, I I already said at the top of this episode, I don't go out and do much for St. Patrick's Day anyways, right. never really have. I don't think I have any Irish in me. But in the future, I think I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna be aware of the history now and cognizant of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm gonna look at it as a celebration of of a people and a culture rather than of this this person who was wrongly written in history about history. Mm-hmm. Is, the internet has opened the world up in so many ways. You can say what you want about the negative things it's done. It's it's at least made people woke. And uh, I never thought of us as a woke podcast, but I feel like we're woking people right now, John. And if you don't believe in the internet, one, how are you listening to us? But two, (laughs) there is a fantastic book out there called uh, The People's History of the United States. Oh, yes, I've heard of Um, this. It's by Howard Zinn. If you've never seen um, Goodwill Hunting, Uh uh, he gets talked about, that book gets talked about. And it's not fiction. I mean, it's straight up 
history as it was, you know, talking about Columbus and, you know, the smallpox blankets and, and stuff like that. The struggles of pretty much every other person other than white people. Yeah. I mean, it's the real history, not the history that we want it to be. What's the name of the book again? Uh, People's History of the United States. And it, there are different versions of it. You know, it gets updated every so often. Howard Zinn, who wrote the book, I think has since died. Yeah. So I don't know if it's still being updated or not. Um, oh, I but. get it. It's being updated as more and more things are being kind of mm -hmm. uncovered. Wow. I, well, as history is happening, too. As, oh, because so. history is happening. And it's like, this is what we were told. This is what actually was happening. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my next read. I, I'm going to learn how to read first, and then I'm going to buy the book, and then I'm going to read it. Those are my three steps. Okay. Well, are you ready for a total gear shift now? A total just like slam I on am. the brakes and chant. We're going to talk about the Shamrock Shake. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead. Spoiler alert. Number five is about the Shamrock Shake. I thought we were on number five, but we're on number four. <laughs> True or false? Oh, my God. This is so the largest gathering of people dressed as leprechauns was set in the United States. Is that true or is that false? That definitely seems like something we would do, so I'm going to go with true. <laughs> You're choosing true. That is incorrect. I agree 100% that it seems like something we would do. It actually was set in Ireland, so that, nah. I guess that makes sense. Ireland has the record for, okay, so the largest gathering of people dressed as leprechauns. Not even that big of a number, in my opinion, 1,263. Mm -hmm. I guess that's that's pretty modest. I guess that's a lot of people in Bandon, Ireland on St. Patrick's Day, 2012, 1,263. Mm -hmm. They also hold the record for, see now this one I would not stand for. They also have the record for the largest gathering of people dressed as St. Patrick, which you'll be happy to know is less than the leprechaun people. It's 882 set in 2013. And this one, I I definitely stand by this one. They have the largest gathering of people dressed as the Hulk. I say we celebrate the Hulk every St. Patrick's Day as our new green fixture. 574 people dressed as the Hulk on July 13th, 2012. So they, they got a lot of green going on. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now we're on number five for history where I'm, man, I'm four for four. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. There's a lot of pressure here. I, so I won the episode. We know that, but I could go, oh, I yeah. could go perfect here. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh, my gosh. So when did St. Patrick's Day become a national holiday in Ireland? 1603, 1703, 1803, or 1903? Well, you may have you may have inadvertently given me a clue to this because you mentioned how Ireland didn't even really celebrate St. Patrick's Day till after other people. So that I'm going to take that as a clue that it's probably something later. And in fact, like, I don't think I ever would have chosen 1903 without that. But because you said that, <laughs> I'm going to say that it's the shocking one that it was 1903. I would expect that it was earlier, but I'm going to choose it just based on what I just said. Oh, yeah. Correct. Five for five. I know my history. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to wear a St. Patrick's Day bat. I'm, you know, I'm going to wear a Irish cultural heritage day badge on my on my <laughs> chest and wear it proudly yep it uh, became a official public holiday in ireland in 1903 uh this was th thanks to the bank holiday act of 1903 an act of the united kingdom parliament okay 
And it's kind of, you know, like I said, you know, it wasn't really celebrated in Ireland a whole lot until relatively recently, but there's been a big move to actually use more of the Irish language, especially in Ireland, where evidently from March 1st to the 17th, it's called Sikteng na Gaelic. I probably butchered that pronunciation, (laughs) Um, which basically means it's Irish language week. Even Irish though that's like week. a two week span. So, <laughs> yeah. well, that's uh, a long week. I like that. So you're bringing mm-hmm. you're, that, that's a way to bring in the culture and and uh, and right. make it a little more relevant to history. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. So I just aced a quiz on St. Patrick's Day history. Unbelievable. You, you have one. I think you're only one for four, man. I don't. I. I. You yeah. know. Just tell. Just telling the facts. But let's see how well you know your Shamrock Shake. So for many years, McDonald's Shamrock Shake was only available at select locations. What year did it go nationwide? Was it in 2002, 2007, 2012, or 2017? I could care less about if it went nationwide or not, (laughs) because I think they're horrible shakes. (laughs) I don't like things that are mint flavored. Got it. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. I'm going to say 2012. 2012 is your pick, John. Yep. You're two for five, my friend. Good job. Um, yeah, you know, I think about the mintiness of the shamrock shake. I think I've only had a shamrock shake once in my life, and I do think that I enjoyed it a lot. My memory is, wow, yeah, I get it. This is really good. I think there's something refreshing about the mint. Um, right. I also do like mint chocolate chip ice cream, and if I, I think it's like a almost like a creamier version of that, if you will. If you say so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you, you like mint chocolate chip though. No. Okay, you don't like you don't like anything that's mint. I get that. No. It, the ice cream and mint do seem like kind of clashing flavors. Um, I, I do enjoy it though. I want to know who decided that toothpaste should be mint flavored. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, because that's that's all there is. So you hate toothpaste? Oh yeah. <laughs> do you use a cinnamon toothpaste? Don't they have cinnamon toothpaste? Nope. They, they do, and I hate that too. I was gonna say cinnamon toothpaste is disgusting. What about uh, peppermint? Peppermint's that's the same thing, right? Nope. <laughs> yeah, they, peppermint, spearmint. Like I, I can tell. Like I enjoy like wintergreen Altoids, but wintergreen's not mint. Like it's similar but different enough. So like it's not. I don't even think it's in the mint family. But yeah, well, we a- need, anything mint, I'm not a fan of. I think for John, we need to make a lemon flavored toothpaste. There because, was, yeah, but it was lemon mint. Oh God, yeah. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, John loves lemon, lemon and tart things. The, the only toothpaste that I found at one point that was even tolerable was a chocolate mint one. And that uh. like it tasted like the Andes, like an Andes. Oh, th- see, those are really good. But when I think about brushing right. my teeth with that, I'm not, I'm not into well, it. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like who decided that mint equals clean? That is a good question because, because my initial response is, what are you talking about? Mint, it's so fresh and clean and refreshing. Right. But is that only because we were programmed to believe that to, because years and years of brushing our teeth and chewing right. gum with mint stuff? Like like to me, citrus seems more clean and re- refreshing. And Interesting. Well, you can go bite a lemon and I'll be here, you know, chewing on my peppermint leaves and we'll just have to, <laughs> you know, we'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah. The, the Shamrock Shake was created in 1967. It was created by an owner and operator of a McDonald's in, in Connecticut. His name is Hal Rosen. And um, it, it again, it was created in 67, and then it was such a huge success that by 1970, it was uh, selling across locations in the U.S. 
2012 is the year that it went nationwide. It used to be that they, I think McDonald's even made an app where you could, you could track down locations that sold the Shamrock Shake. And I think, I think that was part of the fun of it. And part of the sales of it is like, oh, it's a, uh, mm -hmm. what's the word? It's like, it's, it's not, it's not as available. So you have to go out and find it. It's, um, but yeah, they eventually gave in and just made it everywhere. I did read somewhere and I'd have to fact check this exactly, but it, it actually wasn't always mint flavored that it initially was made of a mix of vanilla and lemon lime sherbet, which would be right up your alley. Right, John? Yeah, I'd eat that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it was called just St. Patrick's Day Green Shake. And I don't know, that doesn't seem to line up with the story about um, Hal Rosen making it in 1967. Right. So I'm not 100% that that's, that's accurate. One of these people is lying. But what is not a lie is that the Shamrock Shake did have a mascot for many years, Uncle O'Grimacy. And if you can picture Grimace, the giant purple guy, Mm -hmm. It was basically him, but he was shaped more like a chicken McNugget. He was fuzzy <laughs> and he was kind of like an ugly green color, like a green carpet color. <laughs> and he was creepy and terrifying. And so luckily for the world, Uncle O'Grimacy was retired many years ago. But now I want an Uncle O'Grimacy t-shirt because I want to celebrate him for the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> Let's rename it to Uncle O'Grimacy Day instead of St. Patrick's Day. That's what we should do. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle O'Grimacy Day. So there you go. All right. Well, uh, you know, celebrate St. Patrick's Day slash Irish Cultural Heritage Day slash Uncle O'Grimacy Day <laughs> responsibly and in a woke attitude. Tell your friends if you feel like sharing any of this. And if you enjoy the podcast, please let people know. We exist because of you. We grow because of you. We are on Patreon. And we, yeah. uh, we definitely appreciate and value your support in any mm -hmm. way that you see to give it. So thank you, John. Great job today, even though you went two for five and I was perfect. <laughs> you too. It's the Lack of Genius Podcast. In your ear holes at last. They don't know they're Mars from Venus. That's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. So there's your fun tip for the day if you're looking to make some blue beer this weekend.